You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, church family, welcome back to the podcast. So last Sunday, we taught about suffering. Paul in 2 Corinthians creates this list of all the sufferings he's endured for Jesus. And despite what some people in Corinth think, those sufferings are not a sign that he's a lackey apostle. Instead, those signs, Paul's suffering, is proof of his conviction for Jesus and determination to follow Christ. It's actually a sign that he's living out the legitimate Christian gospel, despite what some of the Corinthian believers think. Well, I want to apply a couple of other passages of Scripture today to the idea of Christian suffering, just the reality that it makes up part of our faith. In fact, it's sometimes not a sign that you're out of step with God. Sometimes suffering is a sign that you are in step with God. So we'll kick off the podcast with a big question. Does God bless His children? The answer to that is absolutely yes. Are you richly blessed for following the Lord? Of course, at every turn. The Lord blesses His people, keeping God's covenant leads to a world of blessing and benefit. And God supernaturally intervenes and blesses His children. But that does not mean that we don't also go through times of suffering. And sometimes that suffering is the work of God. Well, I want to share a scripture passage about the ministry of Jesus. Just one of those first moments when believers were trying to get their head around the idea that you can follow God and suffer. And that, in fact, Jesus Christ, whom we all follow, He went through suffering to redeem us. I bumped into Brian Hennett, an old friend of mine. A few days ago, we talked about a sermon he was prepping to preach. We enjoyed talking about the passage, and that's what I want to give to you. The passage is from Luke chapter 24. It's familiar to many of you. Jesus has resurrected from the tomb, but the apostles don't know it yet. The disciples haven't gotten to see him and interact with him yet. There's an empty tomb and a mystery and a lot of waiting and hopefulness. But on this road from the village of Emmaus to Jerusalem, you have some of his disciples traveling. They're walking from Jerusalem to the town of Emmaus, and Jesus begins to walk with them, a resurrected Jesus. And their minds are clouded. They don't recognize who he is. But he has a dialogue with them that is really kind of interesting. Let me share it with you. I'll read from verse 13 of chapter 24, Luke's gospel. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened in Of course, that would include the crucifixion of Jesus. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, What are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened here in these days? What things? he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since this all took place. 
In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, How foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things? And then enter his glory. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. What's amazing about this passage is that the disciples are walking with Jesus, understandably with downcast faces, and they ask him, hey, are you the only one who doesn't know what happens? But then he asks this question, was it not necessary for the Messiah to suffer? And what is remarkable to me is that Jesus had been teaching his followers ever since they understood that he was, in fact, the Messiah. After they'd watched him cast out demons and heal people and came to believe that he was the anointed one that was prophesied about in the Old Testament, he had begun to teach them that he would be handed over to the hands, of, put into the hands of the rulers who would sentence him to death. They would crucify him, and on the third day, he would be raised again. And so as a reader of the Bible, you come to this story on the road to Emmaus when there's an empty tomb and nobody, and these believers are downcast. They're walking with Jesus. They can't recognize that he is Jesus. Perhaps that's supernatural. I don't know. But what's remarkable is that he could have taught them that he would be crucified and resurrected. And yet now that it's come to that, nobody can imagine it. I wonder what's going on here. Well, I can't help but think that it was very difficult to retrain their brains. Let me tell you what I mean by that. The Jews had expected since King David that one of his descendants would begin an eternal line of his throne, that there would be one of David's descendants who would be like a shoot that came up out of the stump that was left from from David and Jesse's line, and he would become a king. And just like David drove out the Philistines and strengthened the borders and was a warrior and a conqueror and brought peace to the empire, they had hoped that the Messiah would run the Romans out of town, that they would he would establish Jerusalem as a kingdom for a decade, maybe a century, but they believed that their Messiah would be a great king who would come and conquer. And when Jesus began to try recalibrating their expectations of the Messiah, it was just too much to reimagine that. It was so hardwired into their minds that they wanted a conquering Messiah that they overlooked Bible passages that talked about a suffering servant Messiah. So Jesus had to walk them through the text to teach them from the Old Testament that it was prophesied that the Messiah would actually suffer and die, and that would be God's plan. In fact, it was necessary. He had to. He had to suffer because the real enemy wasn't the Romans. The real enemy are demons and Satan and our sin that corrupts creation. If he'd run the Romans out of town, there would be another emperor coming behind them one day. But he's conquered evil once for all. His death on the cross became an atonement that would cleanse me of my sins so that I could be adopted into God's family, become a part of his people, his kingdom for eternity so much bigger than just overcoming the Romans. And only his suffering and only his death could have afforded that. Not only that, but he's taught his people to take up a cross, die to themselves, and follow him. And we would never do that if we hadn't watched him do it. We wouldn't be set free from sin and selfishness 
if we hadn't seen how to do it by Christ Jesus. In fact, the resurrection that gives us our hope of eternal life, it would not have happened without the crucifixion. And so it turns out that our faith is actually born in the fire of suffering. The resurrection is the aftermath of the pain of the crucifixion. Now, let's just stop for a second and put ourselves in the shoes of these disciples on the road to Emmaus. They'd been taught that this would happen, and yet they could not fathom it. It was too difficult to unbelieve what they wanted to believe. So it turns out that they had made the Messiah into their own image. And no matter how clear Jesus was, it would take the resurrection and 40 days of his teaching after the grave to recalibrate their minds so that they could conceive of a suffering servant Messiah, of a kingdom that was bigger than the Jerusalem temple, that was bigger than Israel, bigger than the throne, bigger than David's lineage. So I want to ask us a quick question. Are there things about Jesus that we need to rethink? Here's what I mean. These believers, they were so concrete in the hopes that they had passed down, their own hopes, not the ones God made, their own ones, that they could not let go of them and see Jesus walking right beside them. They could not see a suffering Messiah and follow him well. Well, I think some people in the church today, they've created Jesus in their own image, and it's time for us to stop that and go back to the Gospels and recover Jesus in all of his glory in His suffering and resurrection, in His grace and His truth and His love, in His justice and His wrath. We need, if we've created a Jesus that is all grace, no truth, well, then we need to recover the real Jesus. If we've created a hard and angry Jesus that is all truth and no grace, well, then we've totally missed the Gospels. But I just want to ask you this. Maybe are you walking in the steps of those disciples from Emmaus And you and I have created a Jesus that doesn't look like the one who died on a cross to let sinners come into his kingdom. Or maybe you've forgotten that he still expects us to come to him with holiness and purity, to be cleansed of our sins and accept the gift of the cross that he gave us, to not trample it underfoot and disgrace him again by accepting his grace and then choosing to live in sin. I think what I'm asking us to do is to stop taking an image that is only half clear about Jesus even if it's one that you've inherited or felt so strongly about that just like these disciples, it's hard to shake it. And I want to ask you to see what Jesus is trying to show you, a suffering Savior, a Messiah worth following. Hey, thanks for listening to today's podcast. I hope that you're blessed this week as you follow Jesus. Don't forget that as we gathered on Sunday to worship the Lord, so now we have scattered for a week on mission. Love one another well, create community, make a difference. God bless you, church family. 